KBLA Talk 1580. Good morning, good morning. God bless. I'm Dominique DePrima. The show is called First Things First, my first thing every day, giving thanks, giving praises, and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and getting it started. What are we starting? Well, hour one, we usually do left coast. What's going on in California all along this uh, Pacific Ocean kind of coast? What's happening in your neighborhood, all of that. Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or persons of interest. It's been kind of serious around everywhere in the whole wide world lately. We have uh, a little levity today um, in a deep kind of way as uh, comedian Ray Grady will be joining me in studio. So that will be fun. You're invited to you know, participate in every hour, 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580 is your ticket in to some reciprocity, um, some conversation, some engagement, I hope, fellowship, 800-920-1580. Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Excited to have a really distinguished guest this morning joining me, hour one. He is currently the county health officer at the Los Angeles Department of Public Health. He serves as a department's medical expert regarding public health matters, pro- provides guidance and leadership across the department. Dr. Moon Tu Davis, good morning. Good morning, Dominique. How are you? Good, good. It's great to talk to you again. It's been, been a while, and um, I know a lot has happened in between. That it has. So, you know, we have so many crises right now, uh, locally, nationally. <laughs> internationally i think we a lot of us have sort of forgotten all about you know the public health the daily updates the big picture and the small picture of what's going on here locally and i i believe that's understandable but um it's your job to keep us in the loop so let's let's do that i mean when you when we talk about um this massive crisis of 2020, the uh, lockdowns, the coronavirus onset, um, how do you compare where we are now with that crisis to to where we were three years ago? Well, really four, because it's almost 2024, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it seems like it's gone by fast, but it also seems like it was just yesterday. Um, you know, when we first started this, uh, you know, it was really something that was new, uh, something that spread very quickly uh, across the world and, you know, caused a lot of uh, heartache and headache uh, just in relationship to the amount of infections, the amount of hospitalizations and deaths that it caused. Uh, and even to this day, it's still circulating. But we're in a very different place than when we first started. When we first started, we didn't have tests. Um, it took us a while to get tests at the level that we have right now, where we have over-the-counter tests that people can go pick up, take it home, uh, and widespread tests even within our healthcare system. Uh, when we first started, we really could only test those who were in the hospital. Uh, and so we really didn't have a good sense of how widespread it was. Mm. Um, we also didn't have treatments uh, for those who were sick to try to prevent them from dying and even prevent them from getting into the hospital. And we definitely did not have vaccinations. Um, and so we're, we're in a very different place uh, than where we were before. However, as many winter respiratory viruses, this one keeps changing. Uh, and unlike flu, this one has continued to spread throughout this whole time. 
at varying levels and, and causing different amounts of illness, um, you know, and serious illness in people. But still uh, is, you know, one of the things, one of the, the viruses that, that can cause more deaths than flu uh, and has continued to do that. Really still causing more people to die than the regular garden variety flu. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and unlike flu, you can also have what's called long COVID, meaning, you know, months after having the illness, you still have symptoms or they recur. Uh, and that is something that's not uh, something we typically see with our, our respiratory viruses. Well, I remember very well um, during the most crucial periods uh, of, you know, coronavirus and <clears throat> all of the precautions we took, that there was always a warning about a summer surge and a winter uh, a winter spread because of the holiday gatherings, because we're more vulnerable, I guess, to getting sick uh, during the winter months uh, when there's also flu and other, you know, taxing things on our immune system. Are we looking at that situation again in winter of 2023 slash 24? Yeah, I think we are looking at that. The question that many of us have is, is it going to be as bad as it was before? Are we going to see as many infections or hospitalizations or deaths as we have before? Uh, and we still have seen, you know, similar patterns in terms of going up in the summer. Anytime we're starting to be active, travel a lot more, gather more indoors, uh, you know, that pattern is still there. Uh, I think just over time, you know, given the amount of vaccinations, the amount of people that have been infected, some many, some multiple times, um, we're just not seeing the same uh, level or, or same sharp increases that we've seen in the past or as high as we've seen in the past. But, but again, it keeps changing, so we're just hoping that we don't get uh, a new strain or a new type of virus that, you know, to, uh, that uh, would evade, um, you know, what we get in terms of uh, uh, prior infection or immunity. I mean, I think there's uh, a level of um, coronavirus, COVID, I'm sure you know this, um, you know, fatigue. Like, people don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it. I don't see people. There's a few diehards that mask up, <laughs> but I don't see anywhere near the level of masking that I've seen in the past. Um, traveling recently that on an airplane, that's one place you're definitely going to see me in a mask because I, I don't want to be, you know, if I'm going to be on a plane with you for multiple hours, I, I, I don't want to breathe everything you're breathing. But I think there were hardly any people on the, recently I've traveled, there were very few in the airport or on the planes that are masked up. Is that, is that concerning to you or, you know, given where we are, it, it's normal? You know, I think um, given where we are, um, I can understand why people don't have the same fear or concern as they've had before. However, oh, sounds like uh, have a recommendation. Oh, okay, we lost you for a moment, doctor. Yeah, I think I'm having the same issue. I'm losing you every now and then for a moment, and I'm on a landline as well. But huh? Okay, well, we'll see if we can fix that um, during news traffic and same. sports. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We don't have the the same uh, level, high level of infection that we've seen in the past, and so I can understand why people may feel like, well, it's not as much of a threat, but it it has continued to circulate, and there are still situations uh, in which make it riskier for you to to be infected. Um, and so we still have that recommendation, a strong recommendation that people wear it on public transportation and transportation hubs, airports, et cetera. Uh, or if they're in crowded indoor situations where, you know, it's not very good ventilation. Um, and so um, 
I do understand it, but there still is that risk. Mm. So I know, you know, people may not want to hear it, but what are the current recommendations and what are the current mandates? I've been hearing uh, that, you know, some some municipalities, some regions are requiring masking again or considering that. Where are we at um, right now in L.A. County? Well, right now, um, again, as I mentioned, we have those strong recommendations to for everybody to wear it on public transit. You know. Okay. Yeah, we, we we just lost you again. Uh, Dr. Muntu Davis is our guest. He's County Health Officer for the L.A. County Department of Health. Yes, uh, we heard you say uh, you recommended on public transportation, um, and we'll we'll get the full guidelines and not just recommendations. If there are mandates coming or currently in place, want to hear about those? All that straight ahead on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. More of first things first with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Hyaluronic body. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Right now, talking with Dr. Muntu Davis, County Health Officer for the Department of Health, the L.A. County Department of Health. Um, I know, for example, Dr. Davis, that the Bay Area uh, is back to mandating uh, masks in certain uh, settings, right, for healthcare workers and others. You've said strong suggestion to wear one on public transportation, but are we in L.A. County back to mandates, and will we, do you see that on the horizon if we're not? If we were to, if we were to go to, um, so we've been tracking, and the CDC tracks the hospital admission level uh, for a jurisdiction, you know, per 100,000 people, uh, which is really a measure of how severe of an illness Okay, um, we're having an issue. We, <laughs> the phone is going in and out for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on here. Um, yeah, it's 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 doing that on my end as well. Okay, well, we're going to try again and see if we can get that fixed. Um, you know, we're talking with Dr. Moon Two Davis, and I and I do want to cover. You know, talk about um, coronavirus, um, where we are also with um, the vaccines, um, because I know some. Some um, institutions, I'll call them, are considering, you know, re- or, or being asked to consider rehiring people that were laid off because they refused to get those vaccines, uh, where we are with that. But I also want to talk about some of the other aspects of health, because I feel like we, not unique to L.A. County, probably this is something people are experiencing worldwide, Um we are under a tremendous amount of stress. I feel like I'm saying that year after year, but 2023 has been a lot. Um, and uh, even with the uh, closure of the 10 freeway, which now, by the way, we're hearing maybe reopened to traffic uh, in under a week, that they'll be working on it and building it while you're able to drive on it, which is great news because people are already getting, you know, irritated and frustrated. But you know, all of these things to me um, are, are stress factors. So I want to talk about that too. We've got Dr. Muntu Davis back on the phone. So where are we with possible mandates or existing ones, Dr. Davis? So right now we have uh, within healthcare for, for those who don't get vaccinated uh, against flu and as well as COVID, 
um, they are required to wear a mask um, when interacting with patients or providing patient care or in patient care areas. <clears throat> uh, if we were to get to a level of medium or high in terms of our hospitalizations, uh, and this is a measure that is posted and tracked by the CDC, it's a measure that tells us how bad is the infection causing in terms of severe illness. If we got the medium, we'd start to look and see, you know, do we need to require masking of everybody in healthcare? Uh, but definitely, if we got to the level of high, uh, we would require masking of both workers and visitors inside of a healthcare setting. So it could be considered. I, it, it, fe- it felt like when I've heard the governor uh, talking about these mandates, and not just Governor Gavin Newsom, but um, elected officials in other states too, there's, it feels like there's a hesitance to go back to any kind of real full-scale lockdown, it, it became very politically divisive and economically impactful. Um, and, you know, we've seen these these uh, data coming out of Sweden that say, well, they, you know, they didn't lock down and they, over time, did not have demonstrably different um, outcomes than we did. And they didn't, you know, they didn't have the economic impact, even though they... Um, they took a completely different route to protect the public. Yeah, there's there are different systems and have different protections in place. Um, you know, we I, I would say at this point, given the fact that we've had you know testing widely available, vaccinations widely available, treatment widely available, <clears throat> um, you know, we don't at the moment see any reason we would have to go back to the the shutdowns that we had before. Um, you know, the, the only thing that might be different just in terms of thinking about, you know, masking would be, you know, again, do we have something that is really just running rampant again at the same level that we saw before? Um, and does that mean that we go back to, to masking in all places? Uh, but right now we're very focused in on trying to uh, prevent uh, illness in our highest risk populations. Uh, and thinking about those settings where it's more likely to be transmitted, uh, and healthcare is one of those settings. And apparently, we've had um, our first death from the flu this season, right? Um, yes. So, t- talk to me about what what happened and what that means for uh, LA County this this winter and our well being. Well, that just lets people know that the flu is showing up. Um, it is causing uh, serious illness um, as it has in the past. And this is about the time that we would start to see all of our respiratory viruses or winter respiratory viruses start to increase. Uh, We've already started to see respiratory syncytial virus or RSV, which causes, you know, cold and flu-like symptoms um, and can be severe illness and death in those who are older, uh, older than 65, and those who are very young. Um, That has already gone up. Uh, so now we're starting to see flu go up, uh, and I expect that as we get through the holidays, we'll start to see COVID go up as well. Mm. So it really is just a sign to say that, you know, we may be starting that winter surge and take your precautions now. Um, you know, we don't want that traveling with us and taking that to the parties that we go to and the gatherings that we go to. So just be as safe as possible and make sure you get up to date on all your vaccinations. It is gathering the season, and that person uh, who passed was elderly and did have underlying health conditions. So uh, I don't want people to just start automatically freaking out. Um, But it is gathering season, right? It's back to, uh, it's back to Thanksgiving, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, all the things that people get together for. 
Yeah, exactly. And and most of these things we're going to do indoors. We're going to be close, laughing, talking. And I'm not saying you should be afraid of that, but but we can do a lot beforehand to to make sure that we reduce reduce the risk that we get infected and take that there. Yeah, I um t- explain RSV a little bit. We hear it thrown around so much, and it's like, ooh, you might die of RSV, like all these commercials. Um, but that's not really new, right? Um, and and so explain why it's getting so much uh, play in the media right now. Well, we well there are two reasons. One, um, you know, we we did see, you know, we had one winter where we had all three of them, you know, influenza, RSV, and COVID being seen at high levels um, at the same time. Um, each of them caused hospitalizations and each of them caused deaths. Um, but we do have a vaccine, you know, for those who are elderly, um, you know, for RSV now. And so, you know, we are making sure that people are aware of that uh, and, you know, go get that protection, you know, if they are 60 or older, uh, as well as uh, for, you know, women who are pregnant uh, and then the treatment for infants as well. So the idea is to try to reduce as much of the risk of these viruses, and we have tools to try to do that. Uh, so we want to make sure people are aware when they're, they're transmitting and uh, know what to do uh, to try to prevent, you know, getting infected or from uh, getting hospitalized or dying from infection. And what is the latest on the coronavirus uh, vaccines? Um, I know there's been reluctance on the part of folks to take boosters. Um, I am one of those people that's not just not ready to take a, a coronavirus vaccine every year. It's just uh, it's just not something I want to do. Um, although, you know, I, obviously I, d- I did get vaccinated. Um, but where, where's, what's the latest guidance? What's considered fully vaccinated? And um, what are you asking folks to do? What's your ideal scenario? Well, the CDC um, has uh, recommended that everyone six months and older get the updated 2023-2024 formula of the COVID vaccine. Uh, So this is akin to flu where you look at what's the worst of the worst that circulated before and you try to match it to that, anticipating that that's what you're going to see circulating, you know, in the the wintertime. And so that's what they did. Um, You know, manufacturers created uh, or changed the formulation of the vaccine to match really the family of the viruses that are circulating now. Uh, so the previous vaccine um, is not as well matched. Uh, and so the updated vaccine is for this year, the 2023-2024 vaccine uh, is what you need to be up to date. So regardless um, so it of what, what boosters you got before. Right, right. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, that series, you, you got to get the 2023-2024 the, the formula in order to be up to date. So um, that's clear, no matter whether you had you know, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson, whatever you got, um, to be considered fully vaccinated at this point, you need the latest formula. Is that, um, you'll forgive me for being skeptical, but is that what we're going to be hearing every year? Like now you have to have the 24, 25, the 25, 26. Uh, cause I, I understand that the uptake, you know, numbers are pretty low. Um, and as far as people doing it. And, and I just think that, um, you know, it's, it's maybe that, somewhat of that fatigue mixed with the skepticism, you know, some people have around taking an annual shot for something like flu or COVID. 
Yeah, I, I, will that be what we see? That's a possibility. I, I can't predict that. But what I do okay. know is that the virus keeps changing. Mm-hmm. And just like flu, if flu gets matched uh, to what was previously circulating in the Southern Hemisphere, which had their season before we do. Uh, and so we could see that if the virus continues to, to change over time. Uh, and what I would say to people in terms of vaccinations, I mean, in life, we're always trying to have advantages, right? Um, you know, protecting ourselves from, from different things uh, and just to have something that makes it better for us. And so that's what these vaccines, the vaccine is right now. Um, it's really about if you were to get infected, can we, can we keep you out of the hospital? Can we keep you from dying from that infection? So, you know, is it going to be a mild illness versus a severe illness you're in the hospital? Uh, and so that's the advantage that we want people to, to, to take, um, have that, that, that protection uh, from that severe outcome because uh, it is continuing to circulate. Uh, and so that's what the recommendations are, and that's what we hope that people will abide by. As per, we've got a minute here before news, traffic, and sports, and then I want to talk to you about, you know, impacts on jobs and also other some other health factors we're facing in Southern California that may be uh, going on in every city in the world right now. I don't know. But um, the the same recommendations we saw during the lockdown period that it's more urgent for elders to get these uh, updated shots. Yeah, that's that's definitely the case, um, you know, and for people with underlying health conditions that, you know, may make it more likely that they're going to get a severe illness. Um, you know, that hasn't changed. Uh, but I would say to, to everybody else, um, you know, you still want to do things to protect yourself because, you know, we are always in contact with people. We don't know who has high risk factors. Uh, and so we want to protect each other um, in addition to our family and friends uh, as we go about our lives. Don't want to be an accidental killer. We're talking with Dr. Moon Tu Davis. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about your health. He is the county health officer for the L.A. County Department of Health. I'm Dominique DePrima, and you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. And it's a LA thing. That's what we do our one today. Uh, we're blessed to have the county health officer from the LA County Department of Health. Um, because there are so many issues going on, and even though we might be focused elsewhere, it's important to stay abreast of all of them. So I've heard um, employees at LAUSD and other, even though I know that's not, you know, directly under county, but other um, organizations talking about whether or not people should be able to get their jobs back if they were, uh, if they lost their job due to not wanting to get the uh, coronavirus vaccine. And do you, I mean, it's a two-part question. Number one, do you see that happening? And number two, um, you know, are there any regrets about the way that we handled um, the the outbreak? And, and, and I say that because it feels like from what, what I'm reading that we could, co- coronavirus might be the first of many um, pandemics that we have to deal with as the climate changes and uh, various different diseases become widespread? Uh, well, the, yeah, there are a couple questions in there. So 
uh, one, I don't know that there are any places that require vaccination as part of, at least for COVID, as part of a job requirement. Uh, I think it was very now. different at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah now. Um, but it was very different at that time. We were really trying to, I think people were really trying to, employers trying to protect their workforce, you know. Yeah. Um, you're going to be back here. You're going to be doing your job. We want you to be protected, as protected as possible. Um, I think, you know, how things were handled, I think we have to look at how our society is structured and how we do things in general. Um, you know, it was terrible to see that people who got sick didn't have sick leave. Um, it was terrible to see that uh, a lot of people didn't have the ability to work from home if that's what was needed. Right. Um, you know, and that's, but that's the nature of our society. But I think we have to look at, you know, how we operate. Are we in a position that we can help out um, if something like this were to happen again? Would we do it the same? I, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I can say that, you know, we learned a lot uh, in terms of what happened. We learned a lot in terms of what supports were needed. And the question is, is how do we how do we put ourselves in place to either not have to do that or be able to do that uh, more quickly than we did in the past? Yeah, and I mean, even if you listen to KBLA, <laughs> there's a promo that plays that talks because we're doing this massive initiative around uh, the climate emergency. And it's a lot of doom and gloom, and we read a lot of that in the papers about hear it on TV about how as the temperature climbs on the planet uh, and we will see more bacteria proliferating, more different kinds of maybe funguses and viruses that can um, get to the point of a COVID. Uh, do you, I mean, what do you, does that keep you up at night? Do you feel like we're, we're ready for that challenge? Um, and is there something we ought to be doing or know as the public uh, to address these changes? Well, it's, it's interesting to watch how things are changing, both in the timing of seasonings, both in what uh, insects we start to see, yeah. mosquitoes, et cetera. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we have to really pay attention to what's happening and, and know that our lives are, are going to need to change uh, in order to reduce the risk for a number of different things. Uh, and so it, it really is, you know, again, how we how we sort of work together, how we can adjust, uh, and are we willing to change to do what's needed to protect each other and ourselves? Mm. Um, and so, coronavirus is now end an endemic, right? It's it's that means it's going to be around all the time at a certain level. Um, it's uh, that's something confusing. Pandemic, you know, epidemic, endemic. Where are we? It's, it's still a pandemic. Really? Um, we're not at the endemic stage. Yeah. Um, pandemic is just, is widespread. Multiple countries, mm -hmm. you know, continues to go up and down. Um, endemic may be more localized. The timing may be more specific, but, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, we may get there, but at this point, we're still at a pandemic <clears throat> uh, and still having things go up and down. We'll see what this winter looks like, um, you know, across the world as well. But, um, but that's where we are right now. It's still a pandemic. And um, let me talk about flu shots a little bit, um, because I know that's something, even though I guess flu is endemic, I, it's confusing again, because I, it does seem to be everywhere in the world and pretty widespread, which is why people were, one of the reasons why people were saying, well, COVID is just another flu. Um, you know, isn't, 
isn't that like, I, I, ever since I was a kid, we've always had flu and isn't getting sick and getting over it and building up your immunity, isn't that just part of being a human organism? Uh, it, it is, but for certain things, when they keep changing, the body may not recognize it as well. Uh, and for flu, it's an epidemic. We know that it, it shows up, um, you know, at a particular point in time, uh, you know, the year within the community. Um, so that's an epidemic at, for that period of time, the winter, uh, you know, period of fall and winter. Um, but yes, the body can, in many instances, uh, learn to protect itself from things. But when they keep changing, the body also has to learn and adapt. And that's a lot of what our vaccines try to help do uh, to get us prepared for something we haven't seen, um, you know, at the same level that we have in the past. Because taking a flu vaccine every season is still recommended. I know you guys, you know, I'm always seeing the ads and they're everywhere. You can get it, you know, at a local clinic. You can get it at your drugstore. Um, that, taking that every season does not reduce the body's ability to fight off flu and other things on its own. No, it actually does the, the opposite. It actually improves the ability to fight it. Um, this is, you know, sort of, it's like exposing yourself to the infection without the effects of an infection or without being infected. <clears throat> uh, without the so full effects. Yeah. <laughs> without the full effect, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, getting the vaccine is saying, hey, I'm going to give you a taste of what this could look like. And, and so you recognize it, but it's not going to be the infection. Mm-hmm. And so that's what vaccines, you know, uh, typically do, um, especially when they're not live uh, virus vaccines. Explain what that is. Um, I took yellow fever uh, to go to Africa, and that was definitely live. Yeah. So for some, for some, um, for some bugs, I'll just call them in general. Um, you know, we have what they call attenuated or weakened strain of that particular um, virus or bacteria uh, that we then inject uh, to to have our bodies, you know, understand and recognize it if we were to see it. Um, and usually, what would what we see is something that's going to cause worse illness. Uh, but this is very weak, uh, so it just has the body recognize it. You may have some symptoms, you know, whether it's a, a fever or chills or some body aches. Uh, which are typical post-vaccination. Uh, uh, that's just the body working to do what it does. Um, but that's what it is for those. It's it's a weakened version of whatever it is, and we inject that into the body so the body recognizes it. Uh, as opposed to, like, uh, the coronavirus, COVID um, vaccines, which are not considered live, right? No, they are not. They are not. They're not at all. Um, so... That uh, you can't get COVID from the vaccine, right? You can't get influenza from the vaccine. Yeah, but you get something because I I felt like so bad after I had them both times. Uh, you know, I did. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on your body how you react to it. Yeah, yeah, and everybody can be a little bit different, but um, you know, post-vaccination side effects are common. Um, you know, for many people. Um, some a little bit may feel a little bit stronger than others, uh, but in either case, you're you're not getting the effects of the infection. I mean, I feel like now in hindsight, uh, or you know, it's mostly hindsight. We we've gotten to a point on social media where you know somebody breaks their leg and it's because they took the vaccination. I mean, it's like every single thing. Oh, every sudden death, 
every youth death, um, the, the rumor mill starts, oh, that was because of the jab. A person can be 90 and, you know, and um, have a skiing accident now, and they're going to say it's because they took COVID. How do you respond to that? Especially people who are having any kind of like a heart um, heart uh, attack or anything like that. Well, you know, many of these things are, are studied. I mean, you know, very widely, lots of data that goes in for adverse reports of adverse effects uh, and lots of analysis of that data. And for many of these things, we may see what's called a signal that says, hey, look, look at this. This may be an issue. Look closer at it. Uh, and for the time that we've had these vaccines, um, we know that the infection is worse than, you know, the side effects of the vaccine and that for many of these cases, you're going to have worse outcomes with the infection uh, than you will uh, with any, you know, post-vaccination reaction. So, you know, the, the nation looks at this very closely uh, and regularly um, and that analyzes and publishes its findings if there are any to publish. And when you talk about this 2023-2024 uh, formula, the booster, the latest booster, which you said earlier, you're not considered fully vaccinated and fully up to date on your shots if you haven't done it. Um, where should people access it? Well, let me clarify. So what's out now is not a booster. Okay. It's a different formulation. Uh, and a booster is when you get the same vaccine, the same formulation, in order to boost your immunity, reboost your immunity again. So, so this one is not considered a booster. Um, you can get it um, widespread in terms of at your pharmacies, uh, at your doctor's offices. Um, we have our public health clinics as well, um, and you know, really, people can go to um, you know our website um, at uh, ph.lacounty.gov. Uh, and look up uh, where to get a vaccine, you know, close to you. Um, we also have a number of mobile clinics that are out as well, but but searching the website uh, for uh, what's close to you, putting in your zip code or your address, um, you know, definitely look at you, uh, the different options that, that are available for you. PH for public health, ph.lacounty.gov. Continuing our conversation with Dr. Muntu Davis when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you had it up to gear with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. We're unapologetically progressive and we don't black down. And I want to thank you so much, Dr. Muntu Davis, for spending the hour with us. He's a county officer of the L.A. County Department of Health. And uh, you, you have a lot of things in your portfolio as far as keeping us safe. Um, looking at the website um, that you suggested we check if you if folks want to get vaccinations, ph.lacounty.gov. Uh, and there's a whole thing about lead um, and, you know, lead poisoning in children. I, I see something I've read a lot about is the outcomes are terrible from learning loss to violent behavior to all kinds of disabilities that can come from lead in drinking water. Is this, is this a big problem in L.A. County still? You know, um, it, it can be. Um, you know, we still are looking at, you know, houses that were built, you know, uh, you know in the 60s and before, you know, especially before 1978, uh, which at that time, before that time, there was lead inside of paint. 
Um, so we're still doing, you know, and offering uh, programs to remediate uh, that and, and take away that risk. Uh, then we also have to look at other factors, um, you know, businesses that may also uh, increase the risk of lead exposure based on their operations. So it is definitely something that hasn't gone away uh, and something that we continue to educate on and, and try to work towards um, reducing that risk. Uh, from a lady who lives in a very old house, <laughs> it's troubling. Um, but I, I can see here that uh, on ph.lacounty.gov, you also have resources to test and see if your child has been impacted by lead. But if you did find that out, what can be done about it? Well, this is definitely something that you would be talking with uh, a healthcare provider about, and they're they're typically the ones that will do lead screening. Uh, as well, and you know, depending on you know what that level is, uh, tell you what to do, you know, for your child. <clears throat> uh, and then, you know, depending on what the cause was, um, you know, definitely there will be a lot of education uh, as to how to reduce that risk and and get rid of um, what may have been the source uh, of exposure for that child um, or for that adult. Um, so. So lots to, to do there, but most of this is going to start with the healthcare provider uh, in terms of doing that assessment and talking about uh, any potential impacts from whatever level was found. Wow. So, uh, you know, we, we, we are in a stressful time globally um, with what's happening in the Middle East and Ukraine, um, the rising prices. Now we here locally, we're dealing with not just, you know, still being in a pandemic, as you just informed us, but also one of our major freeway arteries being shut down, which stresses folks out to no end. What about managing stress? Where, where does that come in um, as far as our county health outcomes? Well, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, can have an impact on both our emotional and physical well-being. And, you know, we, we want people to do a number of things that actually have other health benefits, you know, so, you know, gathering socially with people um, is good in terms of releasing that stress. Having a person or people you can talk to about what's going on with you um, is also good uh, in a healthy way. Uh, you know, doing exercise, um, you know, getting out and walking, you can walk and talk, um, you know, especially after a meal um, is also very healthy. Uh, but stress can, you know, cause things like depression, you know, can increase your risk of having high blood pressure and heart attacks and things like that, depending on how bad it could be. Um, but it definitely plays a role and, you know, everything in our lives, you know, can add some stress. We just have to look for those ways that are healthy to allow us to release that. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that, you know, there's so many programs and resources available within L.A. County that a lot of us don't even know about. Um, can you point us in a direction if you, you know, if, if I'm feeling like I need some help uh, to, you know, deal with stress management or, or in my life? Yeah, um, I mean, for a, a lot of people, and I would say, you know, finding resources to deal with whatever you may be dealing with, um, actually calling 211 um, is an information line that can answer a lot of questions and point you in different directions for different things, you know, whether that be something related to housing, whether that be trying to find health care, um, or whether it be, you know, having a need for some, you know, uh, mental health or emotional issue, um, they can, you know, point you in the right direction. So that's probably where I would tell people to, to look um, right away, um, you know, okay. for, for help. Yeah, they're, they're connected to a lot of resources. 
uh, that are available for people. Now, um, explain the difference between 211 and 988. So, if I remember correctly, 988 is really uh, mental health, um, you know, potential suicide, uh, et cetera. Uh, and 211 is general. Um, so, again, healthcare, housing, um, you know, uh, mental health as well. Um, and so, one is going to get you more directly to. Uh, you know, a uh, resources for mental health or to deal with an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a that nine eight eight is a suicide and crisis uh, life uh, lifeline. Um, so that is really geared more towards that. Uh, whereas two one one is more general uh, support and can be specific, but they have uh, other things that they're they're going to connect you to as well. Services and 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 solutions within L.A. County. Are we worried about the 10 freeway in terms of, you know, we know there were a lot of toxins under there. We know that, um, that you know, stuff is being cleared out um, by firefighters and um, obviously the traffic impacts in the communities. There's an article today's LA Times about that, how folks driving through neighborhoods is adding all this, you know, emissions locally. Are we concerned about health health impacts of that? disaster well i think you know our our traffic is our traffic um you know in la and our traffic emissions are you know what they are um and they don't stay in just one place depending on the wind they'll blow um so i think we probably still have the same number of people driving if not less um hopefully more people using you know public transportation um uh, but uh, but we're not um, we're not uh, have anything to say that there's going to be anything more from this this fire. The biggest risk is when the fire is burning itself and the smoke and everything else. Uh, but that's been contained, uh, and so now we're just uh, going through the cleanup and repair. Right, which is why we get those air quality bulletins when it's when there's a fire to stay stay inside. And I guess uh, we have a we're not supposed to go on in the water right now because we've got uh, some st- stuff happening. Uh, with the ocean water. Like you said, it is what it is. These are not surprises. Dr. Muntu Davis, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Um, a quick thought to leave us with? Uh, yeah, I, you know, we have a lot we do individually, and we're all connected, you know, together, and we just have to keep that in mind as we go about our, our business and our days take care of ourselves and try to help take care of others. Uh, and for those who are, again, looking for vaccinations, I'll give you another resource. Um, you know, our phone number, 833-540-0473. Again, 833-540-0473. Open seven days a week uh, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Can answer lots of questions and get you to locations where you uh, want to get vaccinated. Dr. Moon Davis, thank you so much. Thank you.